Hey guys, this is Richard, and thank you again for listening to another episode of A 49er Faithful in El Paso, Texas. I hope everything is going well for you wherever you are. If uh, you're currently going through a reopen or if you're still in relative shutdown again, please stay safe out there. In the last episode, I went over certain transactions that, in my opinion, heavily influenced the draft for the 49ers this past April, of course, 2020. Those ones being the Eric Armstead resigning, DeForest Buckner being traded to the Colts, and Emmanuel Sanders eventually signing with the Saints. I found this particular draft so fascinating simply because I was going to be done in everyone's living room, from NFL Commissioner Goodell to all NFL executives to coaches and fans who normally would have maybe viewed it somewhere other than their own living room. The other part of the equation that I found interesting was how the 49ers were top-heavy with two first-round picks, but then didn't have any picks in rounds two, three, and four, had two picks in rounds five, and then one pick apiece in rounds six and seven. So with all that said, let's begin. So as the draft gets closer, there are a lot of stories going on with regards to the 49ers and what they're going to do in this year's draft, but there are three stories or storylines or themes, however you want to call it, that really catch my attention above all the rest with how the 49ers are going to proceed this year. And the first one that I want to talk about is how a lot of experts, analysts, and some 49er faithful suggested that the 49ers should stay at pick 13 and then use pick 31 to trade out of the first round to acquire draft capital. Uh, I'm sorry, capital that was lost during the D4 trade prior to the 2019 season and the Emmanuel Sanders trade that was done prior to the NFL uh, trade deadline in 2019. Staying pat at the 13th pick makes sense, or at least it did at the time, simply because when you're coming off a deep playoff run where you land in the Super Bowl, you're not going to have access to a top 15 player unless you're willing to mortgage a whole lot of your current draft and some draft picks from the next year to move up to get in the top 15. And then with the 31st pick, it does make sense to try to trade out if your goal is to recover some of those draft picks that were traded away during your 2019 acquisitions. Another storyline that I would like to talk about is how it was suggested that the 49ers should use that 13th pick on a wide receiver. And at the time, the big three of wide receivers were... Henry Ruggs of Alabama, Jerry Judy, also of Alabama, and C.D. Lamb of Oklahoma. Now, of those big three, the one that I preferred was Jerry Judy out of Alabama. But I always had this sense that they were not going to go with wide receiver simply because John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan believe in the line of scrimmage and in particular on defense. So while it was nice to hear that they were looking at wide receivers, I generally felt it was going to be addressed later on. How much later on, I I couldn't say at the time. Of course, we later on found out, but I thought the 13th pick was not going to be used on any type of wide receiver. And the final theme or story, story storyline, that kept on popping up was John Lynch essentially telling anybody who would listen 
that all decade, offensive tackle Joe Staley was going to return for the 2020 season. I kept on wondering at the time, why does he need to tell everybody if if Joe Staley is coming back great? I mean, he had me convinced that he, that, you know, at the very least it was a 90% done deal that he was coming back. So I just kept on wondering, why is this constantly coming up and running up all the way up into the draft? But as we could see now, the Joe Staley story and the other two that I mentioned did not exactly play out how they were suggested or how they were told to us as the draft commenced. So the draft begins, and it does so in predictable fashion with the Cincinnati Bengals taking quarterback Joe Burrow out of LSU. The only thing that made me raise an eyebrow was the fact that the Bengals took all 10 minutes while they were on the clock to go ahead and make this selection. Were they fielding trade offers? Possibly, but at this point, we'll never know. And nobody really had enough draft picks to go ahead and move up, except for Miami, but you got the sense that maybe Miami was not going to give up what Cincinnati may have wanted in return to get that number one pick. The next pick are the Redskins selecting defensive end edge rusher Chase Young, Lions selecting cornerback Jeff Okuda, Giants selecting offensive tackle Andrew Thomas, and the Dolphins selecting quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Sorry if I uh, butchered his last name. All five of those picks did not surprise me. Maybe the Giants a little bit. Maybe they wanted to move out of that pick and they just couldn't find a viable trade partner. Again, who knows at this point. But the first five picks really didn't surprise me. To be honest, the first nine picks didn't surprise me with who was selected where. But something interesting happens at pick 10. Actually, the next four picks are pretty interesting because what ends up happening is a slight run on offensive tackles. And the first one that's taken in this run is with the Browns taking offensive tackle Jedrick Wills out of Alabama, and then the Jets selecting offensive tackle Makai Becton out of Louisville. Then the Raiders, being the Raiders, end up going with speed at wide receiver in the form of Henry Ruggs. Now at the 13th pick, that slight run I was talking about continues, but it doesn't continue with the 49ers. So the 49ers are finally on the clock, but eventually Commissioner Goodell comes up to his living room podium to announce that the 49ers have engaged in a trade with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where they just essentially flip-flop picks 13 and 14. The 49ers receive the Bucks' fourth rounder this year, and the Bucks receiving the 49ers' seventh rounder. The Bucks end up completing that run on offensive tackles that I was talking about, where they pick offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs to, uh, to protect 75-year-old quarterback Tom Brady. And with the very next pick, the Niners go ahead and draft out of South Carolina defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw. And this should come as no surprise, given how in the past Lynch and Shanahan have stated that they want to always build and keep a championship-caliber defensive line. But there were some faithful who were upset, given the fact that Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb were still out there, and questioning when is wide receiver going to be addressed. And as we saw, it was never going to be addressed. Nope, that wide receiver position was never going to be addressed. 
until the 49ers decided to swing a trade with the Minnesota Vikings, with the 49ers jumping up from 31 to 25 with said Vikings. And what did the 49ers exactly have to give up in order to move up six spots? They traded away the fourth rounder that they just acquired from the Bucks and their own fifth rounder. And after acquiring the 25th pick, the 49ers end up selecting wide receiver Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State. This is the type of pick that really should not surprise anybody, given what he can do on offense after the catch and in the return game. And while there may be some detractors with regards to his level of competition, I always like to say, well, who are his teammates as well? I don't remember Arizona State being a national powerhouse. So day one in the NFL 2020 common draft has come and gone with the 49ers selecting defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw and wide receiver Brandon Nguyen in the first round. Day two is supposed to be relatively quiet since they have no second round pick and no third round pick. But it's during this time period where a story is starting to slowly build some momentum and that comes in the way of the 49ers are now in engaged in discussions with the Washington Redskins about a possible trade for all-pro offensive tackle Trent Williams. This leads me to question, how is this even possible? It's already been stated that Joe Staley is quote-unquote highly likely to return in 2020. And what are the 49ers going to give up in order to acquire Trent Williams on the off chance, and I quote that as well, off chance that Joe Staley does not return. They only have picks in rounds 5, 6, and 7. Are they going to give up a first-rounder in 2021? Especially when you consider the fact that Trent Williams, entering 2020, is on the final year of his contract that uh, he signed as an extension with the Washington Redskins. And of course, this is all revealed and answered once Day 3 has started. So day three starts and eventually it's announced that the 49ers have acquired offensive tackle Trent Williams from the Redskins and they traded their remaining fifth round pick from 2020 and their third round pick in 2021 to go ahead and acquire him. Looking back on it now, I have to give John Lynch credit for the way he executed this. He managed to keep everybody at bay with the fact that Joe Staley was, again, most likely going to go ahead and return, which left the Redskins with hardly any leverage to demand any type of high draft pick compensation. And the Redskins could only get in return a mid-range fifth-round pick this year and what's most likely going to be a very low-end third-round pick in 2021. And yes, I do understand that Trent Williams is on the last year of a contract extension that he signed with the Redskins originally. But both sides have stated that they are on a wait-and-see approach. So honestly, that's all we can do with speaking of after the 2020 season is wait-and-see. In the meantime, what's happening is at the very least, the left tackle position in terms of skill is going to remain the same, if not improve. And that's due to the fact that Trent Williams is already an established all-pro, is familiar with 
Kyle Shanahan's system. And while he didn't play in 2019, he didn't endure the wear and tear of having to play in 2019. So all of that leads me to believe that, again, at the very least, left offensive tackle will be just fine in 2020. Also in day three came the end of running back Matt Breida's career with the 49ers as he was traded away to the Miami Dolphins for their fifth round pick, which was used to go ahead and pick Colton McEvitt's offensive tackle of West Virginia. In the sixth round, Charlie Warner, tight end Georgia, was selected, with the seventh round wrapping up with wide receiver Juwan Jennings out of Tennessee. Now, I'll be honest, I wasn't happy with Matt Breida being traded, but then again, I wasn't angry or upset. It's just that you have to come to realize that running back room is crowded. And in return, they used, again, to select Colton McEvitts out of West Virginia to hopefully develop and pro provide depth at both offensive tackle spots. And who knows, maybe be used in the future. I also understand the selection of Warner in the sixth round simply because the Niners don't have a true established number two tight end, which is really needed in this offense simply because when George Kittle was out in terms of blocking and receiving, the offense suffered. And I am really looking forward to see how Jawan Jennings from Tennessee performs. He didn't time out all that great in the 40s, so... That led to his fall all the way down to the seventh round. But anybody who watched him knows that he's a monster after the, after the catch, especially if, you, if you're the first tackler trying to bring him down. And that's pretty much it for my views on the 49ers draft of 2020. In future episodes, I will go ahead and give my opinion on how I feel that Javon Kinlaw Brandon New York and Trent Williams are going to impact the Niners in 2020. All that said, I still will always think of this as a very unique draft simply because of the nationwide shutdown that occurred while the draft commenced. There was nothing new or nothing fresh going on in terms of sports with the exception of the Last Dance documentary, but that's all it was, although it was new. It still was a documentary about a championship run that took place in the late 90s. Otherwise, there was nothing really for us to watch. And when the NFL draft finally took place this year, it was unique because it took place in all of our living rooms. But I hope it's something that we don't have to repeat in 2021 and moving forward. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close. I want to go ahead and thank you again for taking the time to listen to another episode of A 49er Faithful in El Paso, Texas. And I hope all of you stay well out there wherever you are. Thanks again. We'll talk to you later.